Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth. For this episode, extrovert CEO Gavin Jolliffe and myself, Stuart Robinson, travelled to the VMware UK head offices to speak to Ian Jenkins, the Director of Networking and Security for the UK and Ireland, to talk about software-defined networking, or SDN, network virtualization, and all things VMware NSX. We discuss how NSX came about, its development and what it does, where it's going, with business insights from both a services delivery point of view and from the view of the creators themselves. The conversation starts with Gavin Jolliffe talking about extrovert's experience of NSX adoption, starting with a look back to what was happening in 2014. Without further ado, let's jump straight in. So... Extrovert as a business really grappled with with NSX in 2014, mm-hmm. and and at that time was concepts. What is SDN? What does it mean to you? Sure. you know, why do you do that? And and we we worked with a number of mid-sized businesses who were trialing the technology, seeing how it could add benefits. But what we're seeing now is large enterprises. We've seen that last mile step that, that VMware has taken because the product has matured so much and has developed so much in that time. We're, we're seeing predominantly larger businesses adopt it strategically, not just tactical mm-hmm. or fixing mm-hmm. another problem. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you, have you seen that journey develop yourselves? Yeah, so funnily enough, the timeline's around the same for me. So I joined VMware in uh, mid 2014 and it was very much uh, a kind of single use case lead to the market which was around micro segmentation because it was something that could uh, be done that couldn't be done before you know we were talking to large banks and the ability to micro segment every workload would have cost them tens and tens of millions um, but it was a, a single kind of use case at that point. We were going forwards with the answer rather than asking the question. But it was it was good because you're right. The invent of network virtualization or SDN it meant a lot of different things to different people. It was a bit like cloud when cloud first came out. What is a cloud? What was SDN? And as you can still see today in the marketplace, that you know multiple vendors have got multiple different takes on SDN. I guess I think. NSX is more of a, a network virtualization. Um, if you think about what we do, historically we had the hypervisor, and we virtualized the, the workloads on servers. We essentially do the same. We, we provide a hypervisor across the network. So it doesn't matter whether you're running a, a, a brand banking new a spine leaf network or whether you're running a traditional kind of three-tier network um, that's 15 years old and out of support you know we can we can run over the top of it it doesn't really matter so the benefit for us of being able to either sit on a on a, in a greenfield environment or over a brownfield site those are the things that have started to kind of help the rate of adoptions because actually there's there aren't many inhibitors to moving towards network virtualization from the from the point of view of the the, the timeline as, as we've been talking about and the the, the kind of the, the entry, the point uh, of which NSX started gaining attraction in the market, that the challenges that it was solving then versus the challenges or the, or the opportunities for, for gain now, how, how have they changed in your mind? As I said before, I mean, I think we, largely we were leading with trying to solve a security pain, but it was a security pain that many customers didn't really acknowledge or know was there um, we were, I think we were, were ahead of the game in, in that respect um, 
but when you're trying to sell uh, a solution to somebody that maybe doesn't acknowledge it's there or doesn't see that threat, then it's very challenging. I think those threats are very much prominent today. So, you know, cybersecurity is, is a huge risk to many organizations. And it's not just the, the threat of, um, of being fined. It's not just the threat of losing critical data. It's actually the brand reputation that goes with it. We recently did a, uh, some research with Forbes and uh, jointly with Forbes, and we found that 76% uh, of business leaders and security practitioners found that their security solutions were somewhat outdated. Yet the majority of them have spent money on new tools in the last 12 months. So I think security is still very much a hot, hot topic in terms of, and very prominent today with the, with the risk in the, in the market generally around cyber attacks. I think often as well, we, we use the saying that it's, it used to be the big eating the small, and now it's the fast eating the slow. And a lot of the slow are the big kind of monolithic organizations that, that of, of the past. Um, so a lot, you find a lot of the, the newer financial services organizations that don't have the legacy that they're having to carry with them that are able to change and be a lot more dynamic and on the fly. Just touching back on the, the security aspect, one, one thing for the listeners they may or may not have heard is, is the, uh, the message that Pat Gelsinger, VMware CEO, has been, um, been talking about over the last year or two in terms of this consolidation of networking tools. How have you seen businesses adapt to that or, or is this still a journey that businesses have to go on? I think largely it's still a journey that businesses are having to go on today. Um, if you revert back to the point I made a moment ago that 42% of organisations are saying they need to or have spent money on new IT tooling in the last 12 months, that's usually an add-on. It's usually the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they're trying to do. They're either trying to remedy something or they're trying to uh, address something that they see as an immediate threat. Um, what Pat Gelsinger is talking about and what VMware often the Network and Security Business Unit talking about is around the Goldilocks zone, that ideal location between being able to sit between context and isolation. And I, for, for me, I really believe it's about changing the way in which we design security from the ground up rather than bolting it on afterwards. I think fundamentally that's where organizations need to now change is that security needs to be ingrained in the design and the building of new applications. I go back a number of years ago, the term DevOps was a lot more um, prevalent then. You know, DevOps was kind of highlighting that security is a pain in the neck, right? Security is getting in my way. I can't develop because of this security. Uh, but it was when you started to introduce the security controls that the application started to falter and have challenges and so on and so forth, whether it be performance or access or whatever. Um, and I think now if we design and provide cloud platforms with NSX, with security built in, then those organizations are building their applications in real time. They're building them in a cloud native fashion with security ingrained from the beginning. It just makes it a lot smoother to move those applications then through its life cycle into production. And for me, that's a, that's a really interesting story. The paradigm shift that requires businesses to look at security in a completely different way. As you said before, you know, what was done 10, 20 years ago, this, the same model, the same mode, still largely prevails. Do you see that as a, as, as a barrier to, to taking advantage of NSX fully? Or how do, how do you work with you know, those security leaders in order to, to yeah. you know, open that world up? 
I think you're right. I don't think we're ever going to get away from the perimeter. Okay, I have spoken to customers who believe they can get rid of their perimeter and run it all with NSX. But you look historically, our access to to data was north south, and that, that's what pretty much all it was: client server access. And we've moved now to a world where we're traversing the network for different applications. Um, whether we're in HR or payroll or what have you, we're, we're having to traverse the network. And the volume of east-west traffic has increased enormously. So I don't think we'll ever get away from perimeter firewall uh, or even maybe an internet-based perimeter because um, we need that tough exterior. But it's, it's about now, it's how we protect the crown jewels inside, how to protect the soft, gooey middle. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is with NSX. It's a, and, and there's an analogy which uh, describes this really well, and we use it with, with our customers when they're, they're, they're trying to you know, grapple with, with NSX. There's uh, the hotel versus castle mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's completely accurate, hotel and castle. I mean, we still use that today. It was a term uh, a colleague and I kind of came up with when we were trying to explain micro-segmentation, you know, going back a few years now. Um, it is a really simplistic way to look at it, but you know, you, if you open the drawbridge and you go through the, into the castle grounds, you've got f- free reign to kind of roam around and kill and, and do whatever you want to do. When that bridge, that drawbridge is up, it's protected, but you know they're still throwing their arrows over the top. They're doing whatever it may be. Um, whereas with a hotel, you know, you, yes, you can enter legitimately through the front entrance, but after that, your access is is kind of locked down and we see that today in you know if we in all modern offices we're here in the vmware offices today and you know it's the same thing you can't you've got to have a badge access to get into certain areas you know and i think that's that's where customers need to start thinking about their security design and this hardening of the interior is great it's an additional benefit but to maximize that benefit they've got to look at what they're doing today and and see how they can peel back this duplication and this complexity of, of administration and management that, that comes with that traditional approach. Yeah, I, and I think also it, it's remembering that threats are not just external, they're from within as well. So having uh, a generic access point for all employees to come in, but then to be able to access every single system, you just wouldn't do that. So yeah, that's, that's why we have uh, controls like Active Directory to give us access, controlled access, but you know, there's still, the ability to propagate and you know how do you protect against people that are legitimately able to access certain systems but taking data sensitive data and leaking that outside the organization and that's where the virtual cloud networks wider portfolio uh, you know nsx app defense the advanced load balancing with avi uh, velocloud all these kind of things could all seem together all tie together to provide a very secure infrastructure whether you're in remote sites you know, in the headquarters, whether you're working in a coffee shop, whatever it may be, we've got to really think about security for memory access. But it is about the user experience these days as well. That's going to be the key behind all security is making sure that those users can get access to the data they need in a timely fashion, um, but without compromise to the organisation. For organisations that have seen the, you know, the rise in, in NSX but haven't yet adopted, you know, the, the you know the journey is being uh, quite fast, and it seems to be accelerating. You know, right now with with VMware's focus on, on NSX, can you tell us a little bit about the move from NSX V to to NSX T, and explain a little bit of what that was about? Sure. Um, so I guess a bit of history, really. I mean, so, so as I say, I joined uh, VMware um, in May two thousand fourteen, and we had 
NSXV, and we also had a product called um, MH Multi Hypervisor. Um, the Multi Hypervisor product was the kind of original NICERA product, so that was the acquisition that took place uh, 12 months before. Um, and big belief is that you know NSX is NICERA. It's it's kind of not. Um, there are definitely parts of NICERA in NSX, but NSXV was essentially um, VMware's networking security product. Okay, um, the T transition today is where we've really built the entire platform with that kind of openness in mind. The NSXV was built for the vSphere environment. It was embedded within vSphere and so on. Um, now we can't. We're, we're not using the um, VDS and things like that. We're using Open vSwitch and things like that with NSXT. So NSXT is truly uh, harnessing the full power of NICERA acquisition, but also it's com it's a combination with that of NSXV that we we built before. Um, so we've seen a, a big journey over the last 12, 18 months with NSXT coming up to feature parity with NSXV. And that's fascinating. A lot of people won't won't necessarily know those nuances, and that uh, and that that drives a, a lot of a lot of insight. With NSXV going end of life in 2021, is there going to be anything to help migrate from V to T? Yeah. So the the, the business unit are working uh, on a number of tools to help with that migration. It is a different platform, so there are changes that need to be done. There are ways and means to do it today. Uh, so working with our services organisation, with yourselves, we can help with those migrations certainly today. But we are looking to make that whole migration piece as, as smooth as possible. It, the, the key thing around V2T is understanding that it's going to provide customers a lot more going forwards. Yeah. Um, you know, as we talked about containerization, talked about cloud native applications, and so on and so forth. I think we understand that the mobility of workloads is what's driving this, and that's truly what NSXT is bringing is that true hybridity in terms of where the workload is, what it's located on, and where, and so on and so forth. In terms of of NSX and its pr progression. You know, uh, a lot of customers might look at VMware in terms of the development of the hypervisor into the private cloud and 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 the integration and now the aggregator of of the multi cloud. Is 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 that what we see with NSX as well? well you know, the universal ubiquitous aggregator. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, for me, NSX is a platform. It's not a piece of software. It's the platform that that glues all of those together. Um, for me, you know, if you're looking at whether it's a on-premise piece of infrastructure, or whether it's a on-premise private cloud, hybrid cloud, full public cloud, that extensibility, the ongoing security controls across that, the the flow of data, the move of workloads, it needs to be seamless, and and that's the bit that NSX really glues together. So I think NSX has become that foundational part of what VMware is about. It's become the new ESX of VMware. It is our roots of what's going to be made possible. And that uh, creates a much broader central proposition with all the, all the parts that, that VMware has. This, this naturally means that you sit on a, an interesting dividing line between being an integrator and an open API, but obviously encroaching into traditional areas. How do you find that balance with the traditional market? I, I think it's still very interesting when you talk to networking teams, security teams, quite interestingly, when I meet with customers, they're still very much divided. 
the security teams very much are, are wanting this new way of working. And some of the networking teams, they either love it or they hate it. It's a bit like Marmite for them, right? They're, they're either traditional networking approach and that's how they have built it and that's how they'll continue to build it and that's how they like to control it. Some have allegiances to, to other vendors, other technologies that they built careers around and that's what gives them comfort in what they're doing and the ability to deliver. So with the traditional networking, you know, we see that divide between security and networking. Security very much like us, we're a new way of doing things. We do provide an alternative. We enable them to build it in earlier. Uh, with the networking teams, it comes down to what are the pressures they're under, I think, these days. What it is that they're trying to deliver. Um, I think the more that um, customers come on to private cloud, hybrid cloud, extensibility, they realise that they can't do that with traditional networking. It's just not possible. I thought you made a, a great point around the, the organisational structure adaptations um, because you've got this traditional networking as one of the last bastions, you know, that, mm. that n didn't necessarily get fully rolled into that generational change when ESX came along. You had storage and compute and, uh, and applications and, and networking and, 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 and there was a, a, a real consolidation and um, a new, new set of skills emerging from the marketplace. H have you seen customers adapt their organizational structures to allow the networking teams to integrate better? Yes, we have, yeah. There are still a number of organizations that run within their silos of security, networking, compute, etc. I think the invent of converged infrastructure and then now hyper-converged, I think more so with hyper-converged we're seeing that and the drive towards providing private cloud. So yes, we have seen teams start to develop a cloud team or a, a you know, more general infrastructure team, but with it, certainly we're seeing that the networking teams are becoming more and more important in terms of how the delivery of apps is going to be brought forward in the future. And I guess we see that adaptation and some of the, the reflections that customers are taking once they've adapted it and found perhaps these new conflicts within their organisation balanced against the ability to increase their scalability and their, um, and their agility as we talked about mm a little bit before. I mean, I think also it's broader as well that IT, um, largely due to things like the, the amount of cyber attacks and things like that, we're starting to see how intrinsic IT is to business. How important is delivering IT and the services to its employees, to the business, for it to achieve its business outcomes. And I think that's the dynamic that's really kind of moved the needle, not just for networking, but for hyper-converged and for VMware as a general, is that you know customers are seeing that to deliver business outcomes, IT needs to be there with it. Agreed. NSX as a enabler to cloud and multi-cloud as that's developed, and this drive to be that that aggregated central management function of a of a, of a new model. Where, where to for for NSX now? We've seen a number of new releases from VMworld. Can you give us a bit of a high level in terms of where you see uh, NSX going at the moment? NSX is available both in a cloud-based form and also on-premise format, okay? So that is the general direction is towards being able to provide customers the ability to consume everything via SaaS. It's where the majority or a lot of business applications these days are being consumed from. You look at things like Salesforce and so on and so forth. You know, critical applications are, are delivered on a SaaS-based platform. 
With the network needing to be essentially fluid in its location, then that needs to be, uh, the NSX needs to be fluid in its location as well. It needs to enable customers to be portable, essentially. So to consume NSX, whether it be within VMC on AWS, whether it be on IBM Cloud, or whether it be with the you know one of the more recent announcements like Google, NSX is built into those infrastructures. Okay, and having NSX on premise enables customers to then provide that extensibility. Okay, it's about true mobility of workloads, and I think for me that that's pretty much the di- direction of travel is to be able to provide customers with ubiquitous security, network policy, no matter where the workload is located. We talked a little bit about the acquisitions. Are you comfortable talking about any of the acquisitions and the functionality that's being brought into yeah, the portfolio? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, essentially, Avi Networks was an acquisition uh, that provides us with more enhanced load balancing. Okay, so NSX has always had its own load balancing in, but it's critically important for the performance of applications and businesses to be able to have that ability to load balance. AVI is a great acquisition because it creates a lot of similarities between NSX and, and themselves. So it's a separated data plane and control plane, right? In the same way NSX is. So rather than having physical devices um, sat on, on site, so in, you know, a comparison would be something like an F5, for example, where you're having to buy you know, pairs of load balancers and active, passive, and, and so on and so forth. And that, that hardware requires and updates and so on and so forth. Avi is very much cloud-based, so it's all SaaS-based offering. So a moment ago, we were talking about SaaS-based, you know, where's the direction of travel? It's around SaaS, and, and that's for us is where that's gonna come in. So Avi provides us a really unique opportunity to enhance our capabilities and provide alternative ways of consuming that for, for our customers. Brilliant, yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm interested in containerization. Uh, we've seen a drive uh, from VMware around uh, Kubernetes, PKS, and mm-hmm. we're going back to the agility, enhancing agility. And we're now doing a, a lot of work in terms of enabling those development teams to, to stand up uh, environments even more rapidly than previous. Can you tell us a little bit about how NSX is having an impact on, on that side now? Yeah, I, I think I'm not a cloud native expert um, by any means, but what we're seeing from an NSBU perspective is that customers are no longer looking at um, containers in isolation. They're looking at running containers in a virtualized environment because there are benefits to to doing so uh, in terms of performance. Um, Where that assists with uh, NSX is the ability to secure that because the security constraints are kind of magnetized with containers, right? When you've got shared infrastructure, shared shared resources, um, it becomes even more important to have security at the kind of core of that. And for me, that's where NSX is really going to play a part in containerization going forward. You know, and we are built into a lot of platform as a service uh, where we've got organizations and customers such as Fidelity for example that have got their platform as a service built on with NSX underpinning. And, and, and this is a really uh, interesting again it's a, it's a change in, in, in dynamic and paradigm so rather than security being the wraparound or the afterthought developers are designing with security built in now is effectively yeah, exactly, where we're seeing yeah. the drive. It, it, it's, it, it's akin to the times we talked earlier on about DevOps right I mean 
uh, rather than spinning up a bit of server and storage, you know, we're, we're now using as a service and they want it now, but we have to make sure that that is secure. And it doesn't become a barrier then because it's integrated and the continual release cycle is not impacted with, with traditional ways of, of applying, yeah. applying that afterwards. That's good. That's a good, good, really good point. So part of this conversation is around looking at where the, where the market adoption is. Uh, we, we understand, uh, having done dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, NSX implementations over the last five years, that we're well beyond early adoption. Mm. And as we're seeing now, large enterprises are baking it into technology transformations and digital transformations. Fr- from your point of view, Ian, how, how have you seen that, uh, that adoption across the market in, in, in broad terms now? I think absolutely spot on in terms of the adoption. For me, it's becoming the mainstream with customers. We're no longer just talking about the possibilities. We're talking about the realities of what they're needing. Uh, and what we're seeing is that more and more organisations that would fall into what we'd possibly classify as critical national infrastructure. Um, and for me, that that's, that's very varied. Okay, So critical national infrastructure can be everything from the likes of Vodafone, running 4G, 5G networks over technology such as NSX. It would be the MOD. It would be um, the the British Army. It would be the blue light services. It would be healthcare and so on and so forth. You know, these are critical uh, parts of our infrastructure. If our telephone network goes down, we're stuck. But if Vodafone are providing the telephone infrastructure or the communication network for uh, blue light service, that's even more critical than whether or not I can place a phone call this afternoon or not. So I think that for me has is, is been the real turning point in terms of where we're seeing this now. Um, we are seeing NSX being installed into water companies, electricity companies. Um, we're working with the NCSC. So we work very closely with the NS- NCSC within my team. And um, we've built a fantastic relationship with those guys that talk about the need for um, physical versus logical separation, for example. And they're fully behind logical separation, which is where NSX really provides that. And if you look historically, um, things like the the MOD or the Army would have had different classifications of data, okay? And some of those data levels would have had to have been um, kept separate by physical air gaps. You know, we're able to mitigate that. The business case for that is less infrastructure, less cost easier to run, easier to manage, and inherently more secure. So, you know, we're able to provide isolation and firewalling between every workload. Um, so it inherently it's more secure than it has been previously, and we've, we've had that directly from the British Army as well to say that when they've pen-tested it, they found it's more secure than traditional approaches. I think what we've seen is this maturity of the, the product grow and grow, and the adoption by, the, by these critical services um, is, is, is really that, that reaching of, of critical mass and the confidence that comes with that for other businesses who have been you know, waiting and watching um, is, is, is really gone through now. Yeah, and we've really turned a, turned a page in terms of the, the acceleration around NSX in particular, but really the whole virtual cloud network. Because if you're familiar with the virtual cloud network, it's now through all the acquisitions we've made, it's not just NSX anymore. Uh, we've got the re- realized Network Insight was an acquisition of Arquin, Arkin, 
Um, we've got um, the AVI Networks acquisition, which now gives us the NSX Advanced Load Balancer. Um, so yeah, the, the portfolio has really kind of expanded. It's more than just NSX these days. That's great. So we've got the confidence that both government organisations and large enterprises have now ad- adopted the, the technology and are gaining the, the, the benefits from it. When you're talking to, to, to customers for the first time, is, are there any sort of points or, or, or helpful hints that you can give them in terms of how to approach uh, applying SD into their, their perhaps traditional environments? Are there, is there any standard common starter points that you would... I think making an interesting point though, you know, we, we, we are working with the government, we're working with large organisations, but we're also working with a lot of small and medium organisations. And I think historically the view was that you know it wasn't for them. Um, but as we've said a couple of times in this, it's the, it's the fast eating, the slow now. And a lot of those smaller organisations are a lot more agile. Um, I think a lot of the use cases, whether you're a large organisation or a smaller organisation, the challenges that these companies are facing are very much the same. It's just a matter of scale that's the difference. Um, so really, it's, it's about working with each of those clients on an individual basis, understanding what their pain points are, trying to roll it back to the over, overarching objective with the business objective or an IT objective that's driving this change and, and working with them to, to do that. Security is still very much a big driver today for a lot of organisations, but a lot of it is about re-architecting with the future in mind. So a lot of these organisations are saying, ah, yeah, you know what, we could do what we've done before, but now it's time to do something different. We need to transform. If we just replace like for like, but with the newer version, are we transforming? No. How do we transform our business? How do we become more agile? How do we become quicker? How do we become inherently more secure? How do we provide a better quality of service for our employees, for our customers, and so on and so forth? And that's how we're talking about customers, about how we transform. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, from from our own experiences, starting with the business objective, the business outcome, um, and understanding the journey with, with, with which they have to go on to uh, to achieve that and, and measure that uh, mm. is is massively important. The, the 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 great conversation is around you know technology provides new opportunity, and with that opportunity, it's still got to be mapped back to the use cases, the you know the outcomes. And, and I think SDN has been a great driver for reviewing the way that businesses have approached security and networking and, and the agility that their development teams have, have needed. So I, I, see, I see this as still very much an evolving market, still much a very developing market. I'm interested in terms of those who have made the leap and, and, and have started adopting and, and bring it through into their, into their business. As, are there any points that you would you would highlight to, to those businesses to, uh, in terms of how they would get the most out of it. How do they, how do they achieve all the benefits? We've moved beyond concept mm. and we're now into how do, we, how do we tease out all of those benefits to help that business move forward? Are there any common, again, points that you, you see coming up? I think working between organisations like ourselves, right, Extrovert and VMware, um, during that sales process of understanding the customer and designing the solutions to full Im- implementation. Whether a customer chooses to do some of the implementation themselves or whether they're looking for, for implementation services, but certainly within the design, how do we map the use cases and the desired outcomes, business outcomes, to the technology? How, do we, how does technology truly become the enabler rather than 
just another project. You know, a lot of organizations historically have had tens, hundreds of projects, and most of them either fail or never get off the ground. What we're finding with customers that adopt NSX is where they work with ourselves and with our services partners is that they're able to do so much more in terms of realizing value. And, and I, I think, think that's the key is, is, you know, how quickly can we realize the value? And what we're finding as well is that most customers that have gone ahead and with um, NSX and deployed once will expand those ex- uh, those environments. And I think you've touched on, on the, the kind of the critical point there. Adopting a new networking and security model is not a project. It's, uh, it's a life cycle and continual improvement beyond the initial design and implementation is, is key and, and we see that and interestingly I, I see that's driving a, a lot of uh, technology infrastructure these days more and more where we're coming back and continually working with those companies to get more and more agility or cost saving or consolidation. The entire environment that. is constantly moving. These environments are no longer static. You don't wire a, a network port once and, and that's it and you forget about it for the next five years. You know. I guess theoretically you do, but you know it, the network needs to be a lot more dynamic now. It needs to be a lot more involved in the application, a lot more involved in the workload of data. You know how do organisations cope with peak periods? You know we need to make sure we're working with our customers to help them design to achieve either those challenges that they're facing or the goals that their objectives are. Agreed. Challenges don't go away; they just evolve. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. No, thank you very much. It was a great discussion. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cloud Insiders. If you'd like to get in contact with a guest from today's show, you can contact Ian via email on ijenkins at vmware.com or via his Twitter at jnks1980. You can get hold of Gavin via his Twitter, which is at Gavin Jolliffe. That's G-A-V-I-N-J-O-L-L-I-F-F-E. And despite my near silence in this episode, if you want to contact me, you can find me at CI underscore Stew. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, have an idea or would like to feature in an episode of Cloud Insiders, feel free to drop us an email at team at cloudinsiders.fm or drop us a message on our Twitter, that's at Cloud Insiders. Want to listen to more episodes? You can find them on cloudinsiders.fm, iTunes, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We're now on Spotify, SoundCloud, and have all our episodes on YouTube. Just search Cloud Insiders and we'll be there. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.